Blog Talk Radio. of the NFL, uh, you know, and as, as they call it, 
free agency frenzy. But um, through through tonight, I'm going to reminisce a little bit about about the nine year history before I introduce uh, my colleagues. And I see I do have one colleague on the line ready to join us. I'll bring him on momentarily. Um, I know one of them is running late. Uh, actually, probably both of them are running late because I only see one sitting there waiting. So I get to you in a minute. Um, but I just just as kind of a history lesson, how did this all start? I did, and that's what I bring him. I'll be bring on my co-host, and he can hear it and chime in if he wants. But he was actually around. Uh, when this whole thing started. So um, um, you guys know this guy is one of the best Madden players in the world. Um, now, you know, I think we should change his name, though, really. I mean, he's one of the best, best Madden players in the world. Ali Quick on Twitter. Uh, Google Madden Nation Season 4. You can check him out. Well, he looks a lot different now. He's done, like, found the gym and, you know, eats, like, Brussels sprouts and stuff like that. And he's a father. I think I think now we should, we should just call him Daddy K-Star. I think that's what, that's what I think he should be called. K-Star, I think, or like Papa K-Star or something like that, you know, Pop K-Star or something, you know. Every time I go to his Facebook, another picture of that beautiful child of his, I'm still trying to figure out. Well, I know where the child got to look from the mother because it wasn't K-Star. But anyway, K-Star, welcome to the Madden Voice. Happy to be here. You know what? I think Daddy K-Star will work because let's be clear here. In the Madden world, I've been daddy to a lot of Madden players throughout the years. So I think it's only appropriate for that name to continue on in a new way. It's evolved a little bit as I'm now actually a daddy. So hey, it works. It works yeah. on both both yeah, sides of the spectrum. Works. You know, and it's one. You know, it's one thing. I'm on the uh, Mad World Syndicate, uh, being one of the Madden OGs. I, I I got an invite to be in there too, and so I get to read some of the propaganda and stuff that goes on. And uh, man, the Madden World just never changes, huh? It just it just you know the names may change, but the um, it, kind of the same stuff that I remember dealing with years ago was still there and he didn't pay up and he did this and he did that and I'm like I, I gotta admit I don't I don't I don't miss that. <laughs> I don't miss that. I don't miss that at all. But, but let me ask you a question and, and, and this is totally off topic, but um uh yo mama and problem and this whole video what, what you saw this, right? That the trailer? Yeah, I saw the trailer. So what what's what's he doing? <laughs> I mean, it looks like he. Uh, well, first of all, your mama is a character for all those who don't know him. But for those that do, you already know that. And yeah, he's uh, he was trying to get you know his own little show with problem, like a almost like a Robin Big type of thing where I felt like. Uh, but you know, just just gambling on Madden and just being obnoxious. You know, some things that we're all accustomed to seeing, but on a wider scale, clearly. Uh, <laughs> But he's oh, no, trying man. to. It, did I read it? Did I did I hear it wrong? And and for those who don't know, um, there's a good and there's a bad here. Uh, uh, on the funny, entertaining side, it doesn't get any more entertaining than this guy. He's just a funny dude, and he's very entertaining. Uh, on a captain kind of talking kind of side, and eh, he kind of crosses lines and boundaries at times. And him and I have had our fair share of running back in the crew versus crew days, and and. Some of our battles were right here on the show, uh, legendary battles between him and myself. I don't swap all that, and, you know, I, I don't hold no grudges. It was all about the Madden game. But but as I watched the trailer, it seemed as though I felt like he was trying to take some credit for Problem's success. And Problem's been a top guy in this game for a very long time. What, four Madden uh, challenges he's won and, you know, 
at least a half a million dollars, maybe more in prize money. And I, I don't know how Jovan, a.k.a. your mama, can take any credit for that. I mean, dude can't play. I mean, I mean I've seen you whoop up on him a number of times. So where does he get off trying to take credit? I don't get it. I mean, help me. Do you get that? Am I missing something? No, I think you're right. It's kind of like I think it was Public Enemy, and you had your Flavor Flav. And he was just a hype man. I feel like in this type of situation, uh, your mama's the swagger jagger, jagger here. And, uh, I mean, Great you know. Hype man. It, it, Absolutely, though. Great hype man. I mean, yeah. you want him I on mean, your crew, and his job is to win Madden games, you can forget that. But if his job is to piss off the other team and get under their skin, oh, that's the guy to hire right there. I mean, absolutely. This guy hired a – he won a Kruby crew because he hired a team to run uh, – to play for him, essentially, where he was just yelling at everyone. I mean, it was pretty entertaining, but, I mean, that's who your mama is. Yeah, he's like is, Vince McMahon. He's like a manager. He's not really more of a player, but he's he's a funny guy, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I think he was just trying to do that there with problems. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you know, I don't I don't hold any grudges, but when I saw the trailer, I was like, you know, I, and, and you know, I I don't I don't I don't think anything. I'm not wishing any bad luck, but being a businessman, I don't see where anybody would be. I, I, problem story to me would be attractive to an ESPN on its own. You know, the whole family dynamics yeah, and all of that. I think that's a story that an ESPN. You know, you want to talk about successful video gaming and what it's done to change a family, you know, I, I, that'd be a great story. I, I don't see your mama's role in that story at all other than running his mouth. <laughs> yeah, no, anyway. I agree. I mean, he could be a footnote in that story, but, yeah, problem can do his own thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much a footnote. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But anyway, so um, before we talk about free agency and all that, right now it's just you and me. My brother will be joining us. Um, I know Dr. Train said he was coming. I, I don't see him on the line currently, but – um, you know, this was kind of a, a last-minute uh, thing we wanted to do and kind of celebrate nine years of the Mad Boys. And just for people out there, our loyal uh, listeners that wonder, how did this show start? It, it really started from the video game we were just talking about, the Mad video game, and me being kind of the Damon John of marketing when it comes to, you know, uh, everything other than clothing, which is Damon John's FUBU, that's what he does. But I just I understand how to market very, very well. And I had um, a Madden League, and I was trying to figure out how to turn my one league. I mean, literally, when we started playing Madden in uh, 04, there was eight of us. And I think it was 04 when Madden actually, or 05, one of those two years where it actually went online for the first time. And that's when we started getting on message boards, and I made some friends. And some of those friends I have to this very day, Carlos and uh, uh, Vince and uh, – some of these guys I met way back then, they were young kids then, now they're grown men, married and all that. But we got about eight of us together and just started playing in little, you know, eight-week leagues, quick, just round-robin kind of thing. And I was like, man, you know, I like this. We need to, like, turn this into something bigger. And I had a, a friend of a friend, his name was Anthony. I don't know whatever happened to him, but Anthony was running Madden League. But so joined his league. Um, he did a good job, but I knew I could do it differently, and I knew I could do it better. So I learned some things from him. And I created my own stuff. And I went out on the, on the EA boards and all that, and ultimately ended up, um, you know, later on found Madden Lab and all these other message boards. But really took a concept of league play and made it into 32 teams, 
and it really caught on large, even to the point where later on, I, I still have the clip where EA Sports called us the power league, the power user of leagues for, for the Madden game. And, and, and this is EA Sports, so this is how big we got. But we got that way because I was trying to figure out how to get the word out. How do I get the guy that's sitting on his couch playing Madden with his cousin or playing Madden in his neighborhood and would love to play in an online league? How do I get that guy to join? And we started doing podcasts on this site. I think it was called, it was like mypodcast.com or something. So it was just a podcast. It wasn't live. You recorded it, and then people would go in and listen when they could, or they can download it to their uh, uh, iPod at the time. It was really much all we had. This was before the iPhone and all that came out. Yeah, just the, uh, the iPod or your MP3 player. I did about six shows there, and I said, I don't like this. This is, this, I want interaction. I want live. And this kid, 10 years old, said, hey, uh, Commissioner T, as I'm called now, was called then, check out this site, man. We tried to do something on it, but our, our thing didn't catch. But maybe your league thing will catch. Blog Talk Radio. And I said, Blog Talk Radio? All right, let me check out. Went on there, and obviously this was nine years ago. I looked at it, and um, they had a free service then. They still have one now, but what you get now for free is nothing like what you got then for free because they were still trying to attract new users. So they had a complete free service where you can do a show. You can do as long as you want, one show a day, and it was all free. So I said, okay, and I ran it by some of the guys in the league. And unfortunately, I, I, just, I was going to play a clip from one of the early shows, but I, I don't think I can do that because I didn't get a chance to download it. But maybe in a future show we'll, we'll, do a, we'll look back and I'll play some of the original clips. But I told the guys, I said, well, I want to do a show about the league and let's talk about the rivalries and let's talk about the competitiveness and, you know, and, and the guys were like, all right. So our very first few shows was just us and guys would call in and listen in and we would talk about the league and who's going to play who and talk a little junk and who's the favorite. And it really caught on where different guys in the Madden community would hear about this Madden radio show and they would call in and talk about it, it, it segued into talking about the game itself because we're all playing and guys would call in and like, well, you're called the Madden voice. Originally we were EAFLMadden.com because that was the website. So that was the name of the show, the EAFLMadden.com podcast. And then about maybe two months in, I decided to call it the Madden voice. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that people always said I had such a recognizable voice talking about Madden, boom, the Madden voice. And at that time, there were no Madden football video game podcast video shows on, none. Nobody was doing any. A few had tried, and they failed. So when it comes to that, when you look at what Shopmaster is doing now, when you look at, you know, the different things that are going on, we were doing it long before all of these guys, all before any of these guys were doing it. We were doing it every week, you know. And it, it really caught on and blew up, and it motivated guys like Yo Mama to doing his show. This guy, the grand champion, who had uh, some leagues going on, he started doing the show. And we created this competitive nature of doing online gaming with an online show, and everyone was fighting for the guests. Everybody wanted to get to Bobby Storms and – you know, all of the top ballers, the dynasties, and all these guys, 
we're all battling trying to get these guys to come on our show because we wanted to be the number one show. And we created that entire market. There was no market at that time. We created all the competition. And so what ended up happening was the competitive gamers, like the K-Stars and all these guys, started hearing about league play. And we actually started getting some of these top guys to come in to play some of the league guys. And a guy by the name, and K-Star will know who this guy is, a guy who went down and won the Madden Challenge one year, the captain, actually came. He didn't come from my league, but he came. He was an online Madden League player that converted into a tournament player. And actually, one year, it was actually good enough to win the Madden Challenge. One year. That's all he had. He was one, one hit wonder. But he won. The relevance of it is we really, I think, created a market where we really made online gaming even more relevant. It wasn't just for the top ballers out there, the K-Stars, the Dynasties, the Problems, the, the Jarvises, all these guys that, that were winning. It wasn't just for them. The average guy to get online, play in a league, ball, get on, hear the radio show, talk to a Dynasty, pick his brain, ask questions, lab with him, learn from him, find out when the nearest tournament was coming, go to the tournament, sit across, play a K-Star, play all these guys, a big team, and it really, I think, began to integrate the Madden community and bring these, you know, a lot of the Madden guys would call them randoms. But you know what? You need them. These are guys that help fill up your tournaments. You need these randoms. I don't know what they call them now, but that's what they called them back then. You needed these guys to come in and fill up your tournaments. You know they weren't going to win anything, but they're going to pay the $25, $50 and think they may have a shot. We helped make all that happen, and, and it was it was really um, – a fun, fun time in my life to really help a community grow and prosper. And, you know, the message boards were sizzling with different things going on. And it, it was just, it was, it was a lot of activity. I, I remember couldn't wait to get home from work so I could get on the message boards and hear what was going on. Couldn't wait for the next show. Sometimes we do two, three shows in a week because it was just so popular. And, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds sometimes thousands of people listening to the show about a video game. This was before we turned into football, about a video game. It was really something. And um, K-Star actually was a host during that time. You remember K-Star where we actually got you on and you were absolutely. a co-host? We were doing, doing Madden. And, um, yeah, absolutely. K-Star had some, you know, had some, some mixed priorities back then. So, you know, he was being pulled in a few different directions, you know. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But he was younger. I think I think RG uh, Ryan Glick RG uh, also was was doing it for a while, right? Yep, RG was doing it for a while, and uh, we used to get Dynasty on quite a bit. Dynasty would come on yeah, all the yeah. time. He didn't. He wasn't wasn't an official co-host, but he would come on all the time, and he just he he, he never ever turned me down. Anytime um, I'd, I'd hit him up, and he'd be like, "Yeah, absolutely, whatever you need." RG would come on a lot. Um, you know, we had we had a lot of the top guys that had a lot of respect for what we were doing in the EAFL crew versus crew and different stuff that we were doing at the time, and they liked they liked what we were doing, and uh, they would come on and support the show. And of course, Bobby Storm and that whole Game Time Philly crew very instrumental in helping us grow, and T Boy and all those guys. You know, it was just it was it was a lot of fun, and um, you know, to really think that it started from nothing and turned into something really, really relevant in the Madden community at the time, well, it was great. So, um, 
That that was the real uh, start from the bottom. Now we hear Drake type story because you're right. It was uh, that that was probably the most fun time that there were, was in the Madden community. And you're right, everyone was making their own shows, but the Haven Four was the Madden voice, and it was just a great time. And I mean, I remember just seeing the show get huge. And you're right. I mean, I wanted to be a part of the action, and so did everyone. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and you know the, the beauty of it was um, it was very competitive. And it got, you know, it got testy a little bit, especially me and your mama would go at it. And uh, Grand Champion, I don't even know if he's even in the community anymore, but he was a guy that um, had a lot to say. And, um, you know, people, it's interesting when you come from nothing. And literally, I was nothing in this this community. I was a nobody. And in about 18 months, I became a a name, Commissioner T, the EAFL, that everybody knew. Everybody knew of us. And that is like like Casey said, started from the bottom, and now look, you know, look look at what we were able to do, and that is pure grassroots. I mean, it, it was really grassroots talking. I went out to Madden challenges and played played Casey in a Madden challenge, whooped my ass, but I played them, you know, in a Madden challenge. Um, you know, went out there with my gear on, trying to. I knew I wasn't very good. I never had any delusions. I, you know, I'm an old man. I I had no delusions. But I knew in order to market something that was my product, I had to get out there and play. And my proudest moment in Rod Lane, N.J. Rod in, in Madden Challenge. <laughs> I mean, uh, yes, this is the same N.J. Rod who I believe, wasn't he on season four with you? Uh, he was actually season, he was season one, but, yeah, he was on Madden okay. Yeah, this is the same N.J. Rod who was season one. Um, I still consider him a friend. He's on, I got him on Facebook. We chat from time to time. He's an interesting Interesting person, still doing tournaments, still doing Madden, um, along with the other games that he does. But my, my claim to fame was beating him in the first round of a tournament, knowing that this is a guy that played on TV, and I beat him. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, tell The next story I will tell a little bit later will be about how we changed, why and how we changed from the Madden video game to NFL football, what went on um, that made that change as we celebrate nine years on the air um, as the Madden voice. I want to thank K-Star for uh, being here. K-Star has been around uh, on and off for uh, really the entire nine years. And uh, this next guy I'm about to introduce has, always, has also been around for the entire nine years. When I talk about um, – oh, let me make sure I got him on the air here um, – all right, never mind. I don't think he's on the air yet. So I can't introduce Dr. Train just yet. Dr. Train, but I will say this. When I see him on, I'll introduce him. Um, Dr. Train was one of the guys who, when we started the Madden video game league, he was one of the first people that I met. There was a group of us founding members, and he was one of them. Um, so he's an original person that I did video gaming with and did the show with, and um, but he's not on just yet, so we'll, we'll, we'll hang tight until he joins us. Um, but I do want to introduce a guy who's been in my life uh, all of his life, <laughs> um, and this is uh, our, our co-host living down in the ATL, and uh, my younger brother JB. And Train calls him uh, the voice of reason, but I just call him my brother JB. Welcome to the Madden Voice. As usual, always a pleasure. Happy nine-year anniversary. Um, it's a great, great accomplishment. You guys should be proud of yourselves. What's up? Hey, Star, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, man? It's been a minute. I know, I know. Everything's good, man. 
a little drama, but everything's good. Good. Well, well, it is great to be back. It is great to have you guys on, and um, um, you know, we will we will find uh, we will wait for um, Doctor Train to join us. But um, you know, let's just kind of jump into this free agency thing a little bit, and you know, I I know that we spent a lot of time talking about the Cowboys on this show because they are America's team. Um, so I know we spent a lot of time, but I got to, I got to tell you, they have been kind of the talk of the, uh, of the off season of the free, free agency frenzy. So it's kind of relevant to talk about the Cowboys. And, um, I want to pick K-Star's brain on this because I'm not sure where he sits on this issue. And I'm curious, um, there's been a lot of mixed reaction to the Dallas Cowboys signing Greg Hart. There's been mixed reaction from the press. There's been mixed reaction from the fan base. It's really been a very lukewarm signing for the Dallas Cowboys uh, for obvious reasons. And for those of you who may not know, um, Greg Hardy is a guy that was suspended, um, well, put on the commissioner's exempt list. He didn't play. He played one game last year, and that was it. And um, he did get paid for the entire year. He was – accused and originally convicted of domestic violence, um, beating up his girlfriend, and went to appeal the conviction, and the girlfriend would not testify, and so the charges were dropped. So he does have a conviction, but then the charges were dropped. The theory is that Hardy might have paid her off, gave her some money for her to stay quiet. That's the theory. We don't know that for a fact, but that's the theory. So the NFL is investigating, and people that are in the league or sources say um, Hardy's could get anywhere from a four-game suspension to maybe the whole year next year. They really, you just don't know. Conventional wisdom says six to eight games. Their policy, first defense is a six-game um, suspension. So the, the, the conventional wisdom is he's probably going to get six games maybe eight, um, that's the conventional wisdom, somewhere around six to eight games. That's kind of what people are thinking. Uh, K-Star, I know you're not a lover of the Cowboys, but what is your thoughts, in all honesty, of the Cowboys taking a chance and signing Greg Hardy? Um, I thought, honestly, it was a terrific, terrific move. Greg Hardy, had he not had that situation, legal situation, probably would have been, um, aside from Duncan Sue, the top free agent in the market. I mean, you know, two years ago, I was championing the Panthers' defense, and guess what? A lot of it had to do with Greg Hardy. He is an animal. He's such a great uh, edge rusher, man, and he's so physical. And, again, he was the reason why the Panthers' defense was good, uh, as good as it was. And so for you guys to get him, basically, at a bargain value based off, you know, what's going on with his discipline, I think it's terrific. You guys really need him. I mean, you can't, you know, the premium on pass rushers, uh, the market is just so stagnant and, and having one is so crucial, and every team needs a pass rusher. And for you guys to get him, um, Football-wise, I think it's just super, super exciting for you guys. So you don't have any issues with the conviction and uh, you know all that, all that stuff they're talking about. You, you, you don't have a problem with it. I think it's. I mean, listen, from a football standpoint, it's worth the risk because you're talking about getting a premium rusher at a discount rate because of all those reasons. So I think it's worth the risk from a morality standpoint. I mean, you know, people have their opinions, and at the end of the day, he's not guilty. People, this is just conjecture. This is speculation that he paid her off until we find proof. I mean, you know, 
it's really easy to, to create conspiracy theories out there. We've seen it many times before. So it's, you know, he's innocent until proven guilty. And for me, the whole thing with what happened to him, with Adrian, with a lot of players last year was the fallout of Ray Rice and him being lumped into it. And while, you know, he thought he had some kind of legal situation play out, the fact of the matter is, you know, he, he didn't get convicted. The charges were dropped. Okay. JB, I'm going to ask you, you're a Cowboy fan. And I'll be honest, a lot of Cowboy fans had a problem with this signing. The mayor of Dallas said, I will, report, I will support the Cowboys, I will root for the Cowboys, but you will not see a Greg Hardy jersey hanging in my closet. Um, he had a problem with the signing of this player. Um, you're a Cowboy fan. What are your thoughts on the signing of Greg Hardy? You know, I must say, K-Star took a lot of what I was going to say. I really have to back most, if not all, of the statements. You know, from a football perspective, it is a low-risk, high-reward. He is a great player, great pass rusher, and that's one position that the Cowboys definitely needed. So on the field, I, I see exactly why they did it and have no problems with it. One year, up to 13-plus million with incentives, I think that's, that's a, a, a substantial contract for, for both sides, actually. And I also agree that it had he not had these off-the-field issues, he probably would be the second uh, most dominant defensive player on the free agency market. From a morale perspective, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand pat with what I've always said before. You have to let due process play itself out, and we don't know all the facts just yet. And until then, I really can't comment or or have a right or a wrong about it. Was was he wrong to do the things that he did? Of course. Uh, on the other hand, everybody's entitled to a second opinion. But for the for the most part, right now, I want to see the whole due process play itself out first. Um, I don't disagree with anything either one of you have said. As a matter of fact, I have had numerous discussions on Facebook with different people um, who have really ripped the Cowboys apart for this signing. And my first, my first thought is, um, one, if you look at the way the contract is structured, zero guaranteed dollars, $750,000 base pay, and then everything else is um, he's got a workout bonus if he works out with the team. He gets a per-game check for every game he actually plays and is on the roster, and he has a tiered bonus for the number of sacks he gets, and that's the structure, So, and no guaranteed money. So if they come out and cut him, if they come out and say he's suspended for the year, then Dallas is really not out a lot of money. <laughs> um, so uh, from a financial standpoint, great contract structure. Hats off to Stephen Jones on that. Um, secondly, um, it was clear that this guy was going to be on, uh, discounted because of teams wanting to stay away. So, and I agree with everything as far as uh, next to Sue, probably the most dominant defensive line player you can get in free agency. And, and I'd even question, you know, I, I think one and one A there. I think, you know, Hardy didn't play last year. Sue did. Had Hardy played, who knows what, how we'd be talking. Um, but finally, and I have said this so many times that I feel like a broken record, um, football is a talent acquisition business, and Dallas went and got a talent they needed. They did their homework. The guy um, – you know, there's going to be a punishment, and Dallas is aware there's probably going to be a suspension or something. But, you know, people in general, just in general, not only in football but in life, are so quick to 
to wave the holier than thou and rush to judgment. I'm not saying, just like Jay said, I'm not saying that what he did was right, but I'm saying I read the full report. And let me tell you, I don't think most of the people that are complaining read the full report like I read it. And let me tell you something. I never, ever, 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 ever will put my hands on a woman, ever. Um, I don't condone any man putting their hands on a woman. But I also know that when a woman knows that, they will sometimes push every button. And if you read the report, um, yeah, she she wasn't innocent here. And I say, I don't want anybody, you know, don't be calling, don't be calling Gloria Allred on me and all of that and saying, no, not saying she had it coming. What I'm saying is there's more to this story, and you guys got to read it and understand what really went on here. Okay, you, you, this isn't this isn't Ray Rice and what we saw in the video. This is not that. This is this is like two people going at it. <laughs> really, this is what this is. Okay, and you know, so so there's that. But that said, he's wrong. There's going to be a price, and everybody deserves a second chance. If he screws up again, he's cut. He's gone. He's out of the NFL. This is it. He knows I need to score now. I made a mistake. I won't make that mistake again. He doesn't have a history of domestic violence. He doesn't have a pattern of this. So people need to chill out. You know, they need to chill out. It, it really irritates me when people want to stand on their soapbox and pretend like this guy is some kind of serial rapist, a serial, you know, murderer or something. He made a mistake, and he's going to pay for it. He's already paid for it, maybe not salary-wise, but certainly potential endorsements, um, you know, this is a guy that could have had a, an, an Indomitian suit type money contract, and he's got a one-year heavily incentive deal. So he's paying for it with his limited time being a top athlete. So now what's he going to do with this last chance? Because this is it. Something else happened, he's all done. He's, he's done. So let's, let's stop beating the drum and comparing everyone to Ray Rice and thinking every time something like this happens, we're going to just – Throw the book at him. Everything you judge on its own merits. And on this merits, he's wrong. There's going to be a penalty. He better not ever do it again. He better have learned from his mistakes. And let's move on and play some football. Give the guy a chance. You know, everyone makes a mistake. Give the guy a chance. Um, second question. So we're talking about the Cowboys. This one I'm going to start with JB. So actually we're going to make it a two-part question because you kind of can't answer part, the first part, without looking at the second part. So by now, everybody knows that DeMarco Murray is wearing a green Philadelphia Eagle uniform. So the question is, how do you feel about the Cowboys um, not re-signing DeMarco and DeMarco leaving to go play with the Eagles? And the part two to that question is, your thoughts on McFadden? There's a lot of people that are saying, why? Why Darren McFadden? He's, he's been horrible. We've talked about him a number of times on this very show, as several of us, myself, and I believe K-Star as well, have both had him on our fantasy team, and he's been a complete bust the last few years. Um, so, yes, you know, what, what we're the, the question is, how do you feel about McFadden being signed? Because right now we haven't hit the draft, so we don't know what's going to happen in the draft, but we do know that McFadden is now on his team and DeMarco Murray is not. JB, start with you. Your thoughts on that? Well, it's disappointing to see DeMarco wear the uh, the Eagle colors. I, I definitely am disappointed that he would jump ship and go to the enemy. Um, for him, I understand because of the financial implications, you have to go where the money is highest, and he did just that. Uh, running backs do have a short 
life period in the NFL. So he cashed his chips in. I, I can't fault him for that. I just hate that he went to the, the Eagles. On the flip side of that, though, I must say I am proud of, of the Cowboys standing pat because in past years they would have opened up the vault for a player of his caliber knowing that statistically when you have this many touches, you tend to fall off the face of the earth. So the fact that they showed financial discipline for the first time in, gosh, what, 20 some 15, 20 years, I must say I'm proud of that. Um, the next question being how do I feel about McFadden? It's similar to Hardy from a football perspective. It's another low-risk, high-reward. If McFadden can stay healthy, I think he can be productive. And I've always said that before. A healthy McFadden can be productive. He was in a black hole, literally, in Oakland. And people that go to Oakland tend to not be what you expect them to be. He'll be behind a, a, a revamp, and I'm comparing the Cowboy offensive line to the Raider offensive line, a much-improved offensive line in Dallas. So he'll have his opportunity for touches and opportunity for for big yards. So I don't have a problem with him being a cowboy at all. I think if he can stay healthy, he can be productive. Okay. K-Star, do you agree with JP, or do you have a different take on this? Um, This was a little tough. I kind of struggled with this one. But I, I feel like the biggest – strength the Cowboys have is their offensive line. Clearly, they feel that same way. They let DeMarco Murray walk. Um, they weren't going to pay him top dollar. They weren't going to pay him what other teams were willing to pay him. And like like JP said, they stayed disciplined. And to that, you know, you got to give them credit because what they're trying to do is basically maximize the full potential and value of every last dollar and to, you know, optimize their team. Um, well, the problem is he went to Philadelphia, so that's, you know, I mean, part of, of staying on top and, and doing what you need to do is win the division. And when you have a player as good as DeMarco go to a rival, that's it's kind of brutal. Uh, as far as McFadden goes, I listen, that off of the line is special. I think he will be successful. And um, the question with him is, of course, is health. But I have a feeling the Cowboys are going to add another running back in the draft anyway to kind of backfill that, as I feel like they should do. I don't know if you guys agree or not with that, but um, – you know, he's just losing to Marco Murray, again, it's going to hurt. Like, the rushing game isn't going to be as productive. It's still going to be good. But when you guys are trying to win a championship, you got to spend money, uh, you know, on defensive players such as a Greg Hardy. Take a chance. Because you know, at least I, I believe so, that running game is going to be successful regardless because you guys have the best offensive line of the league, and that's where the money went to. It went to the Doug Freeze, you know. And, um, you know, keeping Cole Beasley and just other players surrounding, again, the great system that is that offensive line. And, I, again, the Cowboys, to me, they made the right right decision. Um, although, you know, they could come back to buy them this year. We'll see. Um, I, I got a lot to say on this one, but I'm going to try to not dominate the whole show with it. Um, we're already 40 minutes in. So, um, first of all, I'm never, ever critical of a man who goes and gets paid. Um, I, I, I'm a banker by day, many of you may know. And um, I don't have a problem with somebody going out and getting their money. And um, congratulations to DeMarco for getting his money. Um, I don't – I am not upset with the Cowboys for not signing him for $8.2 million a year. That was just too much. Um, I'm disappointed because they really had uh, – I understand Michael Irvin's point about he was – and you, you, you don't want to send the message that, you know, carry the ball 400 times, win the rushing title, offensive player of the year – Pro Bowl, 
and your your reward is you get to go play for another team. But at the same time, his reward is an $8.2 million a year contract. That really was his reward for doing well. Um, so on that level, I understand. I'm disappointed because he was a good fit for this team uh, on many levels. But where where I'm going to be a little bit different is um, where I was done with DeMarco, because I am now done with DeMarco. He's not DeMarcus Ware who gave us nine years. People, why did you boo DeMarco when he came back to the uh, MMA fight in Dallas? Yeah, they booed him, not because he left. One, because he went to Philly. Okay, fine, you went to a division rival. We don't like that. And I don't understand why all these divisions, where George Selby goes to the Giants, you know, these guys always take Cowboys, but the Cowboys never get any of these division rivals. They're top players, but we always give up our – that's another conversation for another day. But you need you want to go to Philly, go to Philly. They paid you. He, I'm hearing the Raiders and, and maybe the Titans had a little bit more money than Philly, but that's fine. Huh? Yeah, and the Jaguars, too. I remember hearing that report. Jags. Yeah, but fine. You want to go Philly, play with Sam Bradford. Okay, fine. Here's my problem with DeMarco Murray. When he came on in an interview and he said, I think Philly gives me the best chance to win a Super Bowl. Mm. Shut up. Now I'm done. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm done. Did you really say that with a straight face? Uh, uh, let, me, let, me just, let me just, without, without, without dogging the, the Philly fans, and I'm really not trying to do that, how many Super Bowls do, do they have? The answer would be none, zero, none. They have never won a Super Bowl. Why would you sit there off of a team that didn't make the playoffs and you left a team that was a catch away from going to the conference championship game and say that I think this team gives me the best chance to win a Super Bowl and it wasn't about the money? Those were his words. DeMarco, shut up. You're lying. Now I'm done with you. I would have rather you had said the truth. Number one, how can I turn down $40 million, guys? This is his second contract. This is, in all, anyone who knows the NFL, particularly running back, the second contract is your big one. I got no problem with that. Come right out and say it. Hey, you know, I'm thinking about my family and my financial security. And now... I don't have to worry about it anymore. Now I can go play football. I don't worry about it. I would have loved to play for Dallas. Fortunately, the numbers just didn't work. So I had to, I had to go somewhere else where the value, where I felt they were paying me my market value. No problem. You could have also said, Sam Bradford, my college quarterback, I'm familiar with the system. And he said all of that. But to me, yeah, put throw that in there too. But when you say that Philly gives you the best chance to win a Super Bowl, Shut up. You're lying. You don't even believe that. You don't. That's just PR. And that's why you got booed when you came back to Dallas. And I don't want to hear any of the Cowboys, you know, loyalists, the people that work for the Cowboys are saying you should be giving DeMarco Murray a standing ovation, 392 carries, 440-something touches last year, um, the workhorse, and he did everything you asked him to do, and he comes back and you boo him? Yes, I, I booed him. I sat in my kitchen when I heard, and I went, boo, boo, because you went to a division rival to get paid and you didn't admit it. Period. I got a problem with that. Um, Derek McFadden, 
played for the Oakland Raiders, did everyone forget that? Did everybody forget? Yes, Latavius Murray came in and did some things that McFadden wasn't able to do. I get that. Murray looked better back there than McFadden. I get that. It's still the Raiders. And I don't know if you guys want to go and Google McFadden at Arkansas, but the guy was the truth. And if he's got 75% of that left, he's going to get 1,200 yards in balance if he gets enough carries to do that. Another low-risk contract for a guy who's 27 years old that may have some tread on the tire. You still got um, Dun- uh, Dunbar. I think he's, you know, he hasn't signed yet, but there's a good chance that he'll be back with the team. You still have Randall. You got Ryan Williams, who's on your practice squad, who has some promise, and you've got the draft. And they're certainly they, they're, they're saying probably the best running back class in a long time in this draft. You can you can go into the third and fourth round and get a top quality run out starting running back in this draft. So what's the problem? Yep. What's the problem? And what did Jerry Jones say when he interviewed McFadden? If anybody watched, he wasn't asking McFadden about his running and his catching. He asked him about his blitz picking up and his blocking because that's one thing Murray did that was underappreciated. Murray was in there on third down as a third down back because he was he was good at picking up the blitz. And that's what Jerry asked Darren McFadden about. How do you feel about picking up the blitz? How, you know, how's your block and how's your strength and all that? And McFadden said, no problem. Watch my tape. I'm very good at picking up the blitz. So there's a plan here, ladies and gentlemen. There's a plan. And, you know, you know but, but unlike the game of Madden that we talked about earlier, um, and actually even in the game of Madden, if you play franchise mode, there's a salary cap. In my game, I had I don't have Des Bryant or DeMarco Murray on my team anymore because I couldn't afford them. Real real talk. <laughs> I'm playing franchise mode. I couldn't keep either one of them because <laughs> I couldn't afford them. Simple as that. So it actually has become quite realistic. But the point is is that you, 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 you only have a certain amount of dollars to spend. And when you look at all the needs that they have and you look at the potential of what this team can do, you still bring them back Tony Romo. You're still bringing back Jason Witt and Des Bryant, Cole Beasley. You know, you, you still have a number of the offensive weapons that was successful last year. There is one key piece that's gone, but the, the other key components are there. And my last comment before we bring on Dr. Train, um, I said all year that this team ran as Romo went. Even though K-Star didn't agree with me, I said all year, it's Romo's team. Murray's doing his job, and he's helping out, and, you know, he's having a phenomenal year. It's Romo's team. He's the guy you need. He's the MVP. He's the one that makes this engine go. And you can see that whether you agree or disagree, Dallas feels the same way, or Murray would still be on this team. That's a clear sign of whose team this is. We need Tony, and oh, yeah, we're not going to lose Murray and Dez. Let's franchise Dez. Still try to get a deal done by June. That's the deadline. But in the meantime, we're going to lock Dez down. And for those of you who don't know, the only way that Dallas would lose Dez would be if um, another team went in and, and matched their offer and Dallas or, or actually made a better offer and Dallas didn't want to beat the offer. But then that team's got to give up, uh, I think it's, two first-round picks. So yeah. Des Bryant will be a Dallas Cowboy this year. <laughs> Ain't no team going to give up two first-round picks. Or, um, yeah, it's two first-round picks. 
They don't have to give up. So ain't no team going to give that up for Des Bryant. He'll be a Cowboy this year. The question will be whether or not Dallas will sign to a long-term deal or not. That's going to be the question. And really, $13 million? So if they don't sign him, he gets a $13 million. Yeah, that's top five salary in the uh, wide receivers. So he'll be fine. He'll be fine. All right. Let's bring on one of the guys who was here from the beginning of the Madden Voice, here from the beginning of the EAFL. Actually, the guy, as you've heard many, many times, won the very first EAFL Super Bowl even before we started doing the EAFLMadden.com podcast that ultimately turned into the Madden Voice, that ultimately turned into the NFL version of the Madden Voice, the guy that's been here for day one, nine years, Dr. Train. Welcome to the Madden Voice. Wow, has it really been that long? <laughs> nine years like on been here long, yesterday. Man. Yeah, nine years as of yesterday, and that would mean probably ten years ago was when we started the actual video gaming part of what we were doing. Oh wow! Can you believe it? That's uh, yeah, that's 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 a long time. But what's up, fellas? It's been a lot going on in CHC and and all and the like. <laughs> What's going on, Train? Well, you know, Train, since you're on, um, I'm going to jump right in. We've been talking about the Cowboys. But I want to ask you a question. I gotta uh-huh. ask, I've been wanting to ask you this question for a couple weeks now. Brandon Marshall's gone. Yeah. But Jay Cutler, but Jay Cutler's still there. Yeah. Your thoughts? Uh, it's not a whole lot to think about. It's actually pretty simple. You can't get rid of the contract for Jay Cutler. Uh, as far as Brandon Marshall leaving, I mean, it's after reading a lot of different things, a lot more stuff that came out, I understand the move. Um, you still, I, I don't, I don't like what they got for him. I mean, I, at first, I thought it was just a player for a pick, and even fifth round was still low in my, uh, to me for Marshall. But then they actually gave up a pick at the same time, so they really wanted to get rid of him. But I, I understand their reasoning uh, to a certain extent. I mean, he's a very vocal player, and uh, he can't be misunderstood because he's passionate about the game. It's just who he is. So Chicago felt like they couldn't... Uh, you know, they couldn't deal with that for for another season. But at the same time, you know, with a new resume, I'm 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 myself as a fan is ready for some change. You know, Marshall is over thirty. You uh you need a different type of receiver, opposite of uh Alshon Jeffrey. Because him and Marshall pretty much are the same guy. We have nobody on the team that takes the roof off the defense. So this allows you to look for somebody of their stature, hopefully. Um, but you're trying to create a different atmosphere in the locker room. You know, the leaders that we had when we had Erlacher and Tillman and Briggs running the show in there, you know. So I don't I don't mind the move at all. For me everything is a wait and see with Chicago. Okay. Okay. All right. Um Let's slide over to K-Star Steelers. Um, Hold on, real quick. Can I, I just want to point one thing out. Because 
and, and I wouldn't have done this had I not been mocked when I did so last season. Remember presenting just a question, just putting it out there, is if Alshon Jeffrey has moved into the number one receiver role in Chicago. And for it to play out the way it did, I think we got a resounding yes. That's one of the apologies. Listen, it wasn't just like a, you know, no, it was like a, no. It was, it hurt my feelings. That's all I'm saying. Uh, In other words, you're saying you were right. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say that. (laughs) Well, Frank, are you saying, this is cut to the chase. Are you saying that you suggested that this could happen and Train kind of laughed at it and said it'll never happen? Is that what you're suggesting? Not so much that Marshall was going to leave, but more so like Alshon has become the the new number one in Chicago, and it was just kind of left off. Oh, okay. Because I'm mean, predicting him, him leaving, obviously. But. Yeah, I, I probably laughed it off because I wouldn't. I wouldn't have predicted Marshall leaving either. Yeah, and I don't think him leaving means that Jeffries was number one last year. Clearly, he's going to be number one now. Um, yeah. You know, unless, unless you know, I don't know. I don't know who's out there that they can get, but clearly he's he's going to be elevated. But I, I wouldn't agree that, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, the, the numbers are what they are, and I think Martellus Bennett actually <laughs> might have the most receptions on the team of all three of them. I could be wrong, but he, he you know, he was uh, up there. I, I, was, think, was, I think was Marshall good. still had – hold on. Now, Alshon Jeffries got – as far as those three, Alshon Jeffries yeah. got receptions. With Matt Forte had more receptions than anybody on the team last year. Okay, okay, okay. So they, they, mean, That's one thing that they're trying to fix. So I just – you know, for my money, I'll be honest with you, um, when I look at both of those receivers, um, you know, and we did play the Bears last year, and, you know, when I look at those two receivers, I just think Marshall's more talented. I don't think Jeffries is – I mean, Jeffries is, is, is an exceptional receiver. But if, if I had – you know, if, if, if the game's on the line and I'm going to throw the ball, if I'm Jay Cutler and I have Forte, Bennett, Jeffries, and Brandon Marshall – and everybody's covered, I'm throwing it to Marshall. And I just feel like of the four, he's the one that I'm going to count on the most. That's just, that's, you know, and I, I mean, I would prefer to train on that, but mm-hmm. from, my, from my naked eye watching the game, he just seems to be your, he seems to be that team's Des Bryant, that team's Calvin Johnson. That's your guy. And that's why for me it was surprising to see them let him go because I thought he was that guy. You know, going on at Showtime and Tuesday Show and flying back and all of that, and you know, I yeah, I thought he was your guy, and I was surprised well, that they let him go. Well, and 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 and, and you know, actually, I don't, I don't necessarily uh, disagree with you, um, but I will add that Jeffries is not far behind. Oh no, I didn't say he was. Yeah, yeah I didn't say he was. Yeah, no, no, no. Guy, yeah. Guy's very talented. I didn't say it was at yeah. all. I, I, I didn't, yeah, no, no. I just, I just felt. I just, I guess from my position, I would have gone with Marshall over him. But Jeffries is no joke. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, you know, absolutely. I, I agree. I agree with that. 
And it, it, it hurts them to... The only thing I hate about losing Marshall is because I, the dude, like you, I mean, like you said, he is, he was that go-to guy, and he has a, he has such an understanding of the game that he's on the, why he's on the field that it's almost like he's looking to run, uh, as a ball, like his catch and run is almost semi He's looking to make a move as soon as he gets the ball in his hand. He's, he's, he really does understand the game. You can tell it when he plays, uh, mm. but. If, you, if you're looking at the future of your team, you go with the younger of the two. You saw what Jeffries has you saw what Jeffries has done the past two two years. It's two thousand yard season. He's coming up. This is pretty much his contract year. So you need to shake something up. You got it. You got it. You you ship one out. Like I said, I understand it, but at the same time, you know, it was we did have a power powerhouse receiving core with them, but it was the same receiving core that. <laughs> we couldn't get consistent offense with. And henceforth, we're still stuck with Jay Cutler. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and it's going to be interesting because when you have a Bennett, a Matt Forte, a Jeffries, and a Marshall, and you're looking at it from a defensive standpoint, how do you cover all these guys? Marshall's gone now. Let's see what Jeffries can do now because uh-huh. he's not going to have the advantage of, you know, a pro bowler superstar on the other side of the field to pay attention to. I don't know who's going to be on the other yeah. side of the field, but it won't be Brandon Marshall. And I, I, I'm going to go on record now and say whoever it is ain't going to be as good as Brandon Marshall. So no. now Jeffrey no. is really <laughs> going to get double coverage, you know, uh, and, and get attention. And let's see. Let's see how good he is. I'm not saying he won't, I'm not saying he's not that good. I'm saying let's see. Yeah, let's see. My, my hope is that we have a much better run game. That's my yeah. hope. My hope is that we have, you know, 1,600-yard Matt Forte season on the ground, you know. Yep. I'm not even, yep. you know, just over 1,500. That, that, would be, that would be my hope, and that would lead to some balance in the offense and, and Jeffrey Steele being productive as well as Bennett and, and anyone else we have in the receiver. Yep, yep, yep. Um, all right, before we get to K-Star Steelers, um, the next piece of history that I will share, we talked about why, why, how the Madden Voice started and how we even became a, a podcast, um, told everyone the video game part of it. Now, how did the Madden Voice go from video gaming, talking about the Madden video <laughs> game being the, the voice of the video game for the community where we had EA Sports, Octopastry, and Madden Lab and all of them calling in our show. How did we go from that to football? Um, well, it was real simple. I got tired of the Madden video game, not so much the game, but I got tired of the Madden community. I got tired of teenagers talking to me like um, like I was oh, there. Got tired of being disrespected. <laughs> got tired of being accused of things that I wasn't doing. And it just weighed on me, weighed on me, and weighed on me. And then um, you know, the final straw was really when, and I'm not even going to say his name because I don't wish to say his name. He 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 doesn't exist in my world. He he he's um, a spineless, gutless idiot. Um, but my <laughs> then right right that's right. I said it and I'll say it again. Spineless, <laughs> gutless idiot. Um, my right hand man, the guy who I recruited from just playing the game of Madden. 
and I recruited him as a commissioner and made him a leader of our of our crew. Taught him about marketing, taught him about how to manage and, and lead and get things done and the human dynamics behind doing what we did. Um, taught him everything, really. This guy was just an owner in a, in a video game lead, and I just saw something in him and thought, I could groom this guy. This guy could be my right hand. And he was a very good right hand for a long time until he bit my hand. And I've created uh, um, his own entity that I, I, I hear is still out there doing whatever the hell it's doing. I really don't care. Um, I, will never speak to, I will never speak to him again. I don't ever want to talk to him. I just There's nothing I would say to him. I have never in my life been betrayed so much unnecessarily. And that guy betrayed me, and I'm done with him. Um, so I left the Madden game, left it, done, I'm out, don't need this, don't need to be associated with this, this was a hobby, left. Got people calling saying, we miss, we miss you, you know, we, we, we wish the Madden voice was on the air, it's not the same, you brought a certain something to the Madden community and that's gone and we need that back, and it was about eight, nine months. And I said, well, I don't know if I want to come back and talk video gaming. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll meet you halfway. I'll come back on the air. I'm going to talk football. Because everyone who plays Madden also watches football. So I thought, well, it'll allow me a venue to be a part of the community. But instead of talking video gaming, we'll talk football. And in the beginning, it was good because we still had the video game community calling in. But the problem was they were used to you know, well, now obviously things have changed with the Madden game. Back then, you didn't really know what was going on. So the only way to find out was when they released something about the game or if we were able to get Phil Frazier and Donnie Moore and these guys to come on to the show and drop hints as to what was going to be in the new game. Um, so that's what they wanted. They didn't really want to talk about two-week football. So I ended up losing most of that audience and had to build a brand-new NFL audience. And that's what we did. In time, we built a brand-new NFL audience, rebranded us as TMV, uh, short for the Madden Voice, and began to focus on football. And Dr. Train was one of my first um, selections as a co-host because Dr. Train and I would be on the phone for hours chopping it up about football. You know, and sometimes we agreed and sometimes we didn't. And I said, you know, if we took some of this stuff and brought it on the air, my God, and uh, invited him, he thought about it, and, um, you know, it, it, it never looked back. Been on the air ever since. And, uh, of course, you know, K-Star is on. I think K-Star might be on his third stint as a host on the Patton Voice, to be honest with you. Yep. Uh, but yep. he has, certainly has a deep knowledge of the game of football, deep love of the game of football. So we brought him on. And, then of course, you know, um, it started with having my brother come on for a couple of episodes, and it just fit. It hit his personality, his style blended in well with us. You know, Dr. Train likes to say he's the voice of reason, um, you know, however you want to look at it. But it was just it, – it worked well with us, and I think we built a nice chemistry. So over the last several years, it went from me <laughs> to me and Dr. Train. Uh, we've had a couple other guys come through. Uh, to try to kind of talk football with us, but they didn't laugh. But for the most part, me, me and Dr. Train and K-Star and now JB. And um, 
we'll see where it goes from here, but I'm happy with the combination that we have. And based on the uh, numbers of listeners that we have, I, I think everyone out there is happy too. 347-838-9525. 347-838-9525 if you want to call in. Send us a message on Facebook. Just go facebook.com backslash the Madden Voice. Throw up a message up there. Or go on Twitter and just at the Madden Voice. Say whatever you want to say. And if you want, hashtag TMV, and it'll pop up even quicker. Good to have you back. And good to be back with Dr. Train, K-Star, and, of course, JB. Uh, let's go to K-Star. And I understand that um, I think the big news out of Pittsburgh is the contract extension of Big Ben. But I also know, you know there's a few other things I think you guys have done. Uh, Harrison looks like he's going to be around for a couple or more years. So tell us about some of the big news over in Pittsburgh and then how do you feel about it? And you know, do, you, do you feel good about it? Do you wish some other things had happened? Are there players that you lost that you wish you had kept? Are there players out there that you had hoped that Steelers would have targeted and didn't get? Talk to us about what's going on with your Steelers. Uh, well, obviously the biggest news, like you said, was the Ben Roethlisberger extension. I mean, we all expected that to happen since next year he was slated to be a uh, free agent. You know, obviously that wasn't going to happen, so it was more of us, the Steelers and the fans, just playing the waiting game and see what happens. And, um, you know, he extended. He's going to be a Steeler for another five years, and uh, he's in the prime of his career. And, I mean, the guy literally can pass this year, and he was great. And so, obviously, we're very excited. Um, and, you know, James Harrison, like you said, he's back. He's back for another couple of years. Uh, surprisingly, I thought he was done. Honestly, when we signed him next like, last year, it was like a, I thought it was more like a, uh, of a body, you know, because we're getting hurt. Just more of a guy to fill in the void and just hopefully contribute when he can. And he did more than that. Um, so I'm pretty excited about him uh, sticking around for another year. I don't think he's going to be a star or anything like that. He's just frankly too old for to happen. But he can definitely make plays when given the opportunity. And so I'm glad we gave him that opportunity. Um, you know, we brought in D'Angelo Williams to back up Le'Veon Bell and maybe even fill in for him if Le'Veon suspended a couple games, which is a rumor that he will be, which is honestly, in my opinion, the biggest takeaway of the offseason so far, um, you know, with Le'Veon possibly being suspended because we're just a different team without him. But, you know, D'Angelo Williams is a good back from Carolina. He's got a lot of good bursts, and he's a pass catcher and a guy that at least if, uh, you know, Bell's unable to go, can can do some things in the passing game, unlike, you know, the, the rush Ben Tate. Uh, experiment and probably went through last year in the playoffs. So I'm pretty excited. I mean, the Steelers are conservative. I would love to get Darrell Revis, but we all knew that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. I mean, seriously, like, apparently the Steelers actually made a call to him. Like, hey, you want to take a hometown discount? Oh, not, not at all? Yeah. Okay. All right, well, bye. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. Darrell Revis, that's, I, I tell you what. Um, for a guy that's played football, and uh, he 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 must have not got hit in the head once because that's a smart guy. That's a smart guy. I mean, he's he's out for two things. He's out to win a championship, but he's getting paid along the way. <laughs> he gets paid. Yeah, yeah. They should. Everybody should watch what he's doing. But he's playing too. He's not going out getting these one-year deals. And then tank it. He's going out there and telling Richard Sherman, "Yeah, no, I'm still the best in this game." Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bro. The best, he's the best in himself every I'm year. I'm still the best corner in this game. Yep. So, all right. I mean, well, you know. Yeah. No, go ahead, Casey. 
but yeah, no, I was, I was just saying, like, again, yeah, basically the offseason moves aren't weren't really too much of a surprise. You know, it was a nice free agency class this year, probably the best one I've seen in a while. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, the Did Steelers you say don't really nice make it. Free agency class. Do what? Free agency class. This three agency class is not suck. Even Dominic and Sue, when you have a Darrell Revis, when okay, you have Dominic and Sue and Darrell Revis, <coughs> crickets. Uh, no, there's plenty, there's plenty of good receivers <laughs> out there. Corey Smith was out there. That's all I heard. Really not a get traded. We saw a lot of Demarco Murray. There was a lot of players out there. You saw people get traded. Traded is not free agency. Free agency are guys who are no longer under contract and are available to sign with another team of their own will. That class was garbage, with the exception of a few people. It was not deep, bro. Um, fair enough. I think the receiving class was pretty deep, but it is what it is. <laughs> And, and yeah, I, I, think think you're I think it's a completely jaded way to look at it, by the way, because you have to remember these moves and the free agency, they go hand in hand. They they, they work uh, together with, with some of the things that happen. Every move creates another move. And we saw it with Ndamukong Sue. We saw it with uh, the trading of Naholi Nada and so on and so forth to create space to sign, re-sign certain players or to get certain players. There's a lot of moves that were created via free agency moves. Your definition is a narrow one. I mean, there's restricted free agents. I mean, there are there are multiple types of free agents. And when you look at the entire, it's not just, you know, Des was a, Des was a restricted free agent. Okay. There is time. And, yeah. And, and, and so there, you know, there, there's no guarantee. I don't think another team is going to try to make a play because it's, it's, it's not going to be worth it, but he could, it could happen. So by your definition, but but it could. I mean, if a team was that serious and wanted to to go get them, it could, you know, it, it hasn't, and I don't think it will. But it could. He's not he's not prohibited. Gonna cost him a pretty penny to sign him. That's all. So you know, so on that level, yes, there's no guarantee. I mean, he's not. You know, he wasn't at the. Uh, he wasn't. Um, in the same p- p- position as DeMarco Murray because the Cowboys didn't have a franchise mm-hmm. tag on But his contract was up. So, you know, uh, and currently he hasn't signed a free agency tender. So, you know, so let's see what happens. But as of right now, if technically he's not a Dallas Cowboy because he hasn't signed it yet. So let's see what happens. I think he will be. I, I honestly am hopeful that they, they do a long-term deal with him. I think the whole franchise was to give them more time to come up with a long-term deal, and that's what I'm hoping for. But as of right now, technically, he hasn't signed it yet. So technically, he ain't a cowboy yet. Technically. Kind of yeah, like. I understand the technicalities, but uh, most players who get thrown the franchise tag, most, if not all, they don't go anywhere. So eventually, yeah, he'll no, sign over to get a new deal. Yeah, and that's, that's the whole point of the franchise tag is. is you know, you're guaranteeing them top five, you know, salary, and you know who's mm-hmm. going to you know, who's going to laugh at that. But when you want a long term deal and you're only getting a one year deal, and you feel like you've done your part to earn a long term deal, let's. I, I think I think the Dez story ain't quite over yet, and I'm hoping. Remember, Dez had a had a his um, agent was someone that 
Jerry Jones was very familiar with, very comfortable with, and mid-season he switched over to Jay-Z's Rock Nation. And it really ruffled Jerry Jones. Now, I don't think – I think that's too bad for Jerry Jones. You don't get to pick player's agents. But it really created a problem with them getting this contract done. That's why I'm curious to see what happens because it really did create a problem with them getting this long-term deal done when it when switched agents like that midstream in the season. So, But um, um, speaking of free agencies and off-season stuff, let me go back to JB. Um, uh, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, man. And obviously we know they got DeMarco Murray, um, but they also let go of Jeremy Macklin. They also let go of Shady McCoy. Um, you know, what are your thoughts? People are questioning, is Chip Kelly really that smart or is he outthinking himself with the moves he's making? Um, what are your thoughts on what's going on in Philly, JB? Well, ever since he became the, the one in charge of, of player personnel, we've, we've seen a lot of shakeups by him. And a lot of people say he's trying to make this the, I guess, the, the Philadelphia Ducks or the Oregon Eagles, however you want to call it. But uh, he, he's making moves that actually make some sense from a, a football perspective and a financial perspective. Um, trading away McCoy was a head-scratcher at first, but then understanding what the needs were and then being able to go back and get DeMarco. So basically you got you got a, a need filled with the linebacker and, and uh, a pretty good linebacker too, former Oregon product, of course. Then you're able to go and get DeMarco for the same price as having McCoy. So just from that standpoint, that transaction for those two players, I thought it was a very good move on his part. The question that I have is with the wide receiver position because Macklin was the guy, and I haven't seen enough from, from Riley Cooper to get comfortable. Casey Matthews, or not, um, I know his last name is Matthews, he had a, rookie, a very good rookie season, but we still don't know what the jury is going to be on, on a sophomore campaign because, as we all know, you have a good rookie season, you've got an off-season of tape to look at. You know what his tendencies are going to be. He might struggle. He might have a breakout season. We don't know. But I understand what he's trying to do. And if I was an Eagles fan, I think I'd be pretty excited because of what he's trying to do. Is he outsmarting himself? Don't know. We'll find out. But I can see where he's going. All right. Uh any 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 dissenting opinions on Chip Kelly from either K Star or Dr. Trey? Um, I do reserve a wait and see. Um, he, uh, I I, I kind of agree with JB as far as the how he worded, how he viewed the McCoy trade. Yeah, you get a linebacker, but you also get a player that just that comes off ACL injury, so there's still a question mark there. And you traded away pretty much a top five back uh, to get a guy that's coming off the injury. And you don't know what you have until he hits the field, but you knew what you had in, in McCoy. Um, then you get Mary, and, you, and the question is, can Mary, always the question would be, can Mary do it again? Uh, and it's not discounted. Yeah, he did run behind a pretty good offensive line, so can he really – Translate what he did in Dallas and Philly. Um, that's still a wait and see. Uh, but just for all of his moves that he's done, just the way he's he's doing things, I still was surprised to see Mackin go out of, out of all these other other pieces I can get. But um, to let a 
times that wide receiver like that get away and you don't have anything close to him on your roster, uh, that's probably the most surprising I've seen to do uh, so far. I, I won't I won't say the man is uh, falling off his rocket yet. You just it, you really have to wait and see. Cause, uh, well, I will, he, he, I, and, and I'll be the one to say it. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't get it at all. I, I, as a football person, okay. Let me. I'm. Just, I got two words for you guys. Wild cat. Do you remember back in 0809, right? 2010, maybe the wild cat was the hottest thing. Miami was running it, and Ricky Williams and and uh, Ronnie Brown, and it was you know no one could defend it and no one could stop it. And we on the Madden Voice actually was me and Doctor Train agreed that it ain't going to last. Defenses will catch up, and this will be a thing of the past. And where is it now? Where is the direct snap to the running back now and that whole thing now? It's virtually gone. Once in a while you see it. The read option with Kaepernick and all these guys was the big thing, right? And, and I'll, give you, I'll give you some credit. Still there, especially Seattle. They do a good job of it. But it's a piece of the package. It's not the whole offense, right? Now this guy's gonna come into the NFL with his with his hurry up and and we saw the last four or five games Philly implode. We saw the NFL catch up to what was going mm-hmm. on in Philly. We saw them less effective after they put a shellacking on Dallas in Dallas on Thanksgiving and then tanked the rest of the season after that. We saw this happen. And his response is to go out and find players to run the same scheme because he still feels he's smarter than the NFL. So Bradford is familiar with it. So I'm going to get rid of Nick Foles, and I'm going to bring in – get rid of one quarterback who was gone most of the year with an injury and bring in a guy who's injured every year. Okay? I've already let go of Deshaun Jackson, who was a 4-2-5 – Speedster could, could beat anybody deep. He's gone. I'm getting rid of Jeremy Macklin, my go-to guy. Shady McCoy, a top five running back. Now, they did go get another top five running back in DeMarco Murray, but I think that was just as much to keep him from hurting Philly as it was to help Philly. If he's not on Dallas, then he can't hurt us because we got him. But you got Murray, you got Ryan uh, Matthews, you got Chris Polk, and I think they have a fourth running back over there, too. Somebody else that they have. So, I said Ryan Matthews. Ryan Matthews from San Diego, uh, Murray, Polk, and there's one other guy they got on their roster. It's four running backs. Um, So, what's the plan? What's Bradford going to do? He can't stay healthy. And what are you going to do at wide receiver? And, oh, by the way, the reason Shady McCoy had so many problems getting going last year was because the offensive line wasn't very good. So I don't get it. I don't get it even a little bit what he's over there doing. Hey, you got, you got one of the best running backs in the league. You let one go and you got another one. Okay. Different type of back, though. And with all due respect, Shady was a top five back behind a not very good offensive line where Murray was a top back behind the best offensive line. 
I'm not downing DeMarco. I'm just being consistent with what I said all last year, which was DeMarco's done a great job, but it's one year. I can't get excited yet because he's got to keep doing it. He's been injured, foot, this, that. Let's see what he can do. Great year. Deserves everything he got. But for me, Dallas' success was Tony Romo. I said it all last year. I stick to it. So let's see what Murray does now behind a subpar offensive line without DeMarco, uh, 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 Tony Romo as his quarterback, without Des Bryant as uh, the number one wide receiver on his team, without Jason Witten, Hall of Famer, always a threat up the seam as your wide receiver, uh, as your tight end. Let's see what Murray does over there. I don't know what Kelly's doing. I really don't. I'll be honest. I don't get it. I do think he's falling off his rocker. Now, he's getting paid $6 million a year to do this, so and I'm not. So, you know, I'm going to assume he knows a little bit more than me, but I want to see it on the field. <laughs> you know, man, boys, all for you to settle on the field, I want to see it on the field. I don't, I don't get it, being honest. Um, real quick, free agency tracker I'm looking at, and just kind of a recap for people that may not know. But, um, you know, and I, and I can kind of see some of what K-Star was talking about when you look at, you know, who was available. Sue, of course, uh, went to Miami. Uh, he was an unrestricted free agent. They, uh, the, the Lions chose not to franchise him, so he was free to go test the market, end up in Miami. Dez has been franchised, has not signed yet, um, so we'll see what happens. Randall Cobb um, signed back with Green Bay, so he didn't go anywhere. Steven Gustavsky, uh signed back with New England, so he didn't go anywhere. Um, Justin Houston, franchise, has not signed with Kansas City, but uh, no worries there. <laughs> Uh, you know, another situation where no one – he's a great, great, great linebacker, but he'll be with Kansas City, so he's been franchised. DeMarco Murray ended up in Philly. Uh, Darrell Rivas back to the Jets. They did not want to uh, pay him. I think he had a $20 million option on his contract with the Patriots, and they chose not to pay him. So he's now with the Jets. Uh, De- 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 Demarius Thomas franchised with the Broncos. Um, has not signed his franchise uh, contract yet, so we'll see. So there's, there's three three of your top free agents that have been franchised that have not signed yet. So uh, obviously trade is right. It is rare that someone is franchised and, you know, they end up, something ends up happening. But just stating the fact, as of um, today, they had not signed their franchise contract yet. Uh, Jerry Hughes. Defensive end with Buffalo, stayed with Buffalo. Terrence Knighton, a.k.a. Potrose, a.k.a. the cousin to uh, uh, one of our cousins. He's not, We're not related to him, but um, our cousin Ralph is married to, well, our cousin Joan is married to Ralph Knighton, who's cousins with Terrence Knighton. So I'm going to try to get him on the show, but don't hold your breath. Um, anyway, uh, he's a Redskin now. So there you go as far as talent goes. You know, good defensive tackle, Redskin. Macklin's a chief, left the Eagles, went to the Chiefs. Uh, Devin McCourty stayed with the uh, Patriots. Um, here's one for Dr. Train, Pernell McPhee. Defensive end, was with the Ravens, now is with the Bears. Um, defensive tackle, Jared Oldrick, was with the Dolphins. Obviously, they got Sue, so he's gone, and uh, he's now with the Jags. Uh, Mike Lupati, guard, um, a very good guard, was with the 49ers, now with the Cardinals. Um, defensive end, George Johnson with the Lions. 
a restricted free agent, uh, still with the Lions, um, no contract as of yet. Denarius Moore, wide receiver with the uh, um, Raiders, unrestricted free agent, and nothing has happened. That's kind of interesting. Uh, he's, he's actually pretty good, so I'm a little surprised that um, he's still out there. Uh, Torrey Smith, wide receiver, left the Ravens, and now with the 49ers. Another team we should probably talk about is the 49ers. Not sure what the hell's going on down there either. Um, Tremont Williams with the Packers, now with the Browns. Pretty good uh, cornerback. He's a cornerback. I know he's a defensive back. Um, let's see, just looking through this list. Akeem Ayers, linebacker with the Patriots, now with the Rams. Uh, let's see, Michael Crabtree, unrefricted street. Unrestricted free agent, um, still with the 49ers. They still hold the rights. We'll see where he ends up. He's there, 49er, end up somewhere else. And um, Mark Ingram resigned with the oh, Saints. Oh, he's not with the Niners, see? He's a free agent. He's, on, he's, he's out there. He's oh, he is, he's available? He is available? Yeah, yeah he's okay. just yeah. Not, not about to pay him what he wants, though. That, that's the problem. Okay, because yeah, I was wondering why he's still out there. Yeah, I, I, I'm a bit surprised. There's another one like Denarius Moore. Like, um, you know, why are these guys still out there? That's kind of surprising to me. But um, well, okay. what I what I see what I see is happening is um, once your production starts to dip, even at the wide receiver position, um, considering that uh, teams are now passing more, you don't have much of a window. If you're not if you're not consistent, they will quickly go to the draft and just find another guy. He hasn't shown anything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah I hear you, but I, you know there is something to be said. I mean, there's a reason that you have experience, and um, you know, let's be honest, the Forty ers you know, it really weren't that good last year. And with with what has gone on in San Francisco with Harbaugh being gone and Willis retiring and Gore is gone and you know I'm not really sure how, what that team is going to look like next year next season. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know I, I would you know, if, yeah. I mean, first of all, you're right. But if they're not going to keep them, I don't see why another team has to pick them up. And maybe it's just too expensive. Maybe that's why. I mean, you could be right about that, Trent. Um. For for a run right. first being a team though, the I, I would give him a chance because the 49ers were always run first. They've been run first for the last several years. Um, he had the injury with the Achilles. He seemed to come back, play strong. But when you have inconsistent quarterback play, that's going to hurt your own stats as a wide receiver. And I think people should take that into account as well. Crabtree isn't a – I don't consider him a number one receiver. I think he's a strong number two. Um, but for that – reason alone, he should get more looks than what he's getting right now. Maybe it's just because of salary demands and that's it, but I don't know. It just it seems strange to me that he's not a Niner or hasn't been picked up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Matthews, we talked about him, is with the Eagles now. Um, Rolando McClain, free agent. Uh, there are rumors that he could end up back in Dallas. I think he's another one that thought his market value would be higher than it was. And um, I'm hearing rumors that he might end up he might end up back in Dallas, so we'll see. Brian Arakpo is with the Titans now, no longer a linebacker for the Redskins. 
Julius Thomas. Didn't talk about him. Um, with the Jags, no longer with the Broncos. Um, let's see, Shane Vereen uh, got his Super Bowl with the Patriots. Now he's with the Giants, that's right. Uh, Brandon Browner, cut from the Patriots and uh, with the Saints now. Jordan Cameron, not to be confused with Cameron Jordan, um, was with the Browns, tight end, and now with the uh, Dolphins. Frank Gore um, was supposed to be going to Philly and got cold feet and ended up uh, where I think it's just a a beautiful opportunity for him uh, with the Colts. I thought I was uh, thinking Murray might end up there because they really needed a physical runner to go in there. um, But talk about a good fit. And um, Gore, Gore, that team is going to be something to be reckoned with next season just because they brought Frank Gore uh, yeah. And Andre. I'm uh, getting to that. And, next yeah. one, Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson. Yeah. And and these guys did talk. Andre Johnson and Frank Gore did kind of talk and kind of agreed. You know, they're both at the same stage of their career, kind of their last run, and thought, hey, together we can go into, you know, Indianapolis and get them over the hump. So, um, yeah. you know, Kind of, kind of like a LeBron D Wade kind of conversation. Hey, let's go and win a championship. Um, so, a good, good, smart move. Of course, we yeah, know Greg Hardy ended up in Dallas. Let's go back to um, the Colts for a second because with Gore and Johnson, they both played together at the U. And even if production is is not at its peak, that's a very young team, and you got two veterans that have seen it all, done it all to be able to go into that locker room and give you a boost that you may not necessarily see behind the scenes and see it on the on the field verbatim. So I think that's a terrific move to be able to put the Colts to sign both of those guys. And it really could potentially put them over the hump in the AFC. That's a solid move. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Good analysis there, JB. Um, Greg Hardy, as we talked about, um, trained. Uh, quickly, unless you need to elaborate, um, but I think I know your answer. You didn't hear our earlier discussion. Any issues from a non-football standpoint with the Cowboys signing Greg Hardy in your mind? Non-football? Non-football. Obviously, we all know what Greg Hardy is capable of football-wise. If anybody doesn't know, they should go watch his tape. But from a non-football standpoint, do you have an issue with the Cowboys signing Greg Hardy? Man, I can't really say that I do. I think uh, I think I'd be really, really judgmental if it, if I did. I I get people's perspective. Um, I get why some people would be upset, but you know, he's he plays professional football, and they're giving him a second chance. Is to me, is as simple as that. Someone wants him. And if the league is allowing him to play and allowing him back in, then you don't need to be mad at the Cowboys. You need to be mad at the NFL. If you're going to be mad at somebody, just saying. Well, it, pretty much you echoed our sentiments, so we're all on the same page. Um, agreed. Uh, let's see. Going through the list, JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul, franchise, hasn't signed yet, but franchise with the Giants. Uh, Kenny Britt stayed with the Rams. Antonio Cromartie rejoined his friend Darrell Revis with the Jets. 
So they are together again at with the Jets. Let's see. And, you know, Todd Bowles is a defensive-minded coach, so um, clearly he's making these strong defensive moves, but someone needs to tell him he needs to figure out his quarterback situation. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> right hey, that defense ball. is going to be out of control next season, man. What's that? All I got to say is run, run So that defense is going to be amazing next season, though. I mean, from already came from, obviously, Pat Bowles' system in uh, – Arizona, and you know he likes to blitz a lot, leave his corners on islands, and then you have Dan, or yeah, you, yeah, you have Wilkerson up the middle, one of the best run stuffers in the league. It's gonna be tough, tough playing against that team when you're on offense anyway. Mm. Mm. Um. All right, let's see. Bear with me for a second here. Gonna play a. Um, going to play a, a, a historical clip. We are celebrating our nine-year anniversary here on the Madden Boys, 347-838-9525, um, a clip from the past. Check it out. Like it. Like it. Does that get you ready? Is that, is that getting you oh, pumped yeah, for I mean, the upcoming I, mean, I really don't. Yeah, I really don't hear that <laughs> more. But I'm, I'm, obviously, I'm on the field, so I don't get to hear that. But I remember growing up, and that was the sounds of the game right prior to you watching it. So, yeah, definitely, man, give me hype over here. Yeah, well, that's what we're trying to do. Hey, first of all, welcome to the Madden Voice. We appreciate you joining us. Dwight Freeney, five-time Pro Bowl selection, three-time first-team All-Pro uh, selection, Super Bowl 41 champion, uh, led the NFL with 16 sacks in 2004, Indianapolis Colts all-time leading sack leader, and uh, voted to the NFL 2000 All-Decade team, just to name a few of the many, many accolades that you have done in your career. And, you know, let, let me ask you this. You know, we're, we're in June now. At what point you played in, in one of the best uh, uh, Super Bowls, you know, that we've seen in a long time? And at what point after the Super Bowl do you say, okay, you know, it, it's done, we played, and now it's time to look forward to the next season? Well, it, I think, for one, it all depends on how it ended, the season ended. So, you know, you win the Super Bowl, it's kind of like we won the Super Bowl for about two months. And you go crazy, and you have the appearances and all that stuff. And eventually, you're you know you're excited to going back to the next to defend the championship and, and all of that. When you lose it, I'm suffering it right now. It's kind of like you can't wait to get going. Um, I mean, I was ready to go in February. I mean, you know, and that's just is what it is. It's just the nature of the beast. It's kind of. You know, you didn't accomplish that final goal, so you want to get back at it and to accomplish your goal. So it's pretty much, you know, really, you know, your body may not, your body might be telling you, relax for a few months. Your mind is telling you, let's get back at it. All right. That was Dwight Freeney, former Colt. Uh, <laughs> and we had him on the Mad Voice year, a few years back, and, uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I actually know uh, his father. And his father is very instrumental in uh, getting Dwight on the show. And I got another clip I may play before we get off the air. But a little piece of um, a little piece of history. And um, 
let me remind my co-host that if you're making a lot of noise, uh, it comes through on the show. So uh, mute yourself or stop making noise. Um, all right. Um, free agency. Um, I just want to look and make sure we we didn't miss any other um, kind of really important signings. I think we got them all. Dwayne Bow was cut by the Chiefs, another pretty well-known name, and now he's with the Browns. That was uh, actually fairly recent. Um, let's see. Yeah, that I think that pretty much covers the top players. There's, there were others, not you know, not the front page players that um that moved around, but that pretty much covers the top players. Um, let's see. I think I think that's about it. Um, I guess I guess the last thing that we can talk about is. Um, there were there was some discussions, and I don't know if you guys. I'll be honest, I am not completely up to date on rule changes, and we may have to do another show because I believe they might have actually been voting on some of these rule changes today, and I don't know what the latest was. So, uh, audience, please forgive me. Um, I, I do know that one of the things that was discussed was the Des Bryant catch, no catch, catch, no catch and Blandino and people came out again and, and really, you know, tried to clarify and show different videos of the difference between Dez's catch and our non-catch and other players. And, you know, um, I will say this, and then I'm, I'm just going to move on from it. There's a reason it's still being talked about at the end of March, and that's not because it was clear-cut, not a catch. Okay, we're not talking about any other, many other plays. We're talking about it because it was controversial. We're talking about it because if you watch the play and you just watch it from a common sense football standpoint, it's a catch. And I challenge anyone, forget the rule. Just forget the rule for a minute. And I get it. Rules are there for a reason. But forget the wording of the rule and look at it from a common sense point of view where the guy fell to the ground and when the ball came out, he was spitting over and the ball came out. It wasn't like the ball came out of his grasp and was on the ground. The ball popped up in the air and he caught it. And they're still saying when that happens, it's not a catch. So, okay, sure. By the letter of your stupid rule, it's not a catch. But the rule is stupid. And that's why they're still talking about it, because it's controversial, because the rule is stupid. It's dumb. Period. I will never, ever waver from that. Dumb. You're getting to the point now where you're just over, you're over, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, uh, uh, legislating the game by making it too complicated to complete a play. You're penalizing a guy for being overly athletic, and it's ridiculous. It's just, it's just ridiculous. So, I, I don't like it. But there's one thing I heard about that I don't know if it had any traction, and maybe one of you guys can tell me, um, is there was a proposed nine-point play where you can, kick a, you can score a touchdown, go for two points. If you make the two points and now you've got eight, then you can also kick the extra point, giving you nine. Did anybody hear about this? Was there any... Yeah, you know that was in Indianapolis. That was good old Jim Mercy uh, coming through with that terrible, terrible proposal. That was as ridiculous <laughs> as it sounded. 
Oh, man. When I heard that, I thought it was a joke. Okay. And is there, I believe there's another rule that's stating um, they want to give one more challenge to the, to the coaches, and they also want to review personal fouls, like make those reviewable now, if I heard correctly. Did anybody hear this? Yeah, I'm not sure if that passed oh. or not. Okay. I, I think that, yeah, okay. We we may have to come back in a few weeks and review the, the rules. Maybe maybe we'll save that for our draft show next month and um talk about rule changes and see. Um I'm always intrigued. I, I thought the nine point thing, while interesting, was completely stupid. Um I think you're 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 really changing the history of the game. You know, I mean um, the history of the game is seven points, maybe eight. You know, I mean, the two-point conversion's been around for a while now. I know it wasn't always here, but um, now to make it where you can get nine points, just, I mean, the, the whole game changes. The whole game changes. So I, I just, I don't like it. I don't even like it a little bit. But, all right, we'll, we'll table the rule change discussion. And um, when we come back and do our draft show, and, um, you know, I am not the college football guru here. Um, I know JB watches a lot of college football, and I believe K-Star watches some, and even Dr. Train may may catch some. So you guys will probably be leading more of those discussions than I will, but we'll be here to talk about uh, the draft and to see, you know, um, it should be a very exciting draft, so we'll certainly be here um, at least to do a post-show. I don't know if we'll do a preview show. There's so many draft shows on TV. I kind of don't want to regurgitate what they're talking about, but definitely put our unique spin on after the draft who went where, and where did Mariota go? Where did Winston go? What about the running backs? What about, you know, we'll certainly be here to talk about that. So, um, guys, I don't know if you had any uh, last comments. Um, Dr. Train, any last thoughts or comments? Sorry, I had to, got a lot of noise going on back here. Um, I know y'all probably talked about the, um, 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 gosh, Tight end. Help me out, guys. Jimmy Graham? Trade, yes. So, team, oh, Jimmy Graham. No, actually, we didn't talk about that. Or you Drew didn't? Brees, the rumor. The, oh, wow. the, the Drew Brees rumor. Forgot what? about Jimmy Graham and forgot about the <laughs> Drew Brees rumor. All right, that's a good one. Well, take it I away, Trey. I missed it. Well, no, 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 totally forgot that. about it. <laughs> you, you, you still keeping Drew Brees as your keeper for fantasy football? Just saying, well, he's still a thousand yards. Huh? Well, I mean, there, there, there's a rumor. No, let's just talk about just merely off the trade, man. They, oh, they just Graham? traded yeah. away a thousand yards, man. Yeah, a well, thousand let's see plus. What Drew, Drew, Drew Brees is a phenom, so I, I think Drew Brees is is right in the same discussion with the other four horsemen, and he, you know, he's he's a, he's a guaranteed forty five hundred yard passer. You're going to get 4,500 yards. You're going to get 30 touchdowns, um, period. Oh, you know, no. So, so. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Oh, no. But yeah, anyway, how, did Tom, um, how did Tom Brady do after Randy Moss left? He did pretty good. This is true. Wes, yeah. Walk, Wes, Wes Walker's out in the street now. You think you think Peyton Manning's going to have a problem next year? Wes Walker, Wes Walker no. doesn't have a team right now. Oh no! I have to see it. It's the first time he lost to something that big. But anyway, yeah. it's a good pickup for Seattle. 
I, I just wonder if they're going to step him up, though. He produced. Hold well, on, Drew Brees. You're the one who championed the four horsemen so defiantly last season. I mean, Drew Brees produced before Jimmy Graham was Jimmy Graham. I mean, let's be honest. He was doing with Robert Beach and with Marcus Colson. He was doing before Jimmy was there. That's true. Yeah, Drew, and you know what? Jimmy Graham's a great catch receiver, not a good blocker, and not very physical. And I think this is a good chance for them to go get themselves um, more of a, you know, uh, Antonio Gates, Jason Witten. Well, they're different kind of uh, tight ends, but a tougher. I, I think one thing we can all agree on is Jason Witten, tough, tough wide receiver. They can go out and get a great hand. You know, um, even even your boy Marty B. I don't particularly like him, but he's productive. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. you can go get, you can go find yourself a guy that can catch ninety balls as a, as a tight end, but still be that third offensive tackle. You know what I mean? It can still be a blocker because that's really you need that. You know, and that's one of the problems they had with Mark Ingram back then. They what they couldn't, they had, they really didn't have much of a running game last year. Um, so they need that guy that can go out and catch passes, but can also block. And I think it's a good opportunity for them to go do that. So I, I think um, I think they're going to be fine. I think I think they're going to be fine. I, Jimmy Graham was very productive as a catcher, but today's tight end has more than that. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And like indeed. I said, your boy yep. Bennett is a prime example of a guy who caught ninety balls and probably one of your best blockers. <laughs> you know. And he prides him. The funny part about Ben is that he prides himself on blocking more than he does anything. Yeah, well, you you can uh, I will I will say that you can thank the Dallas Cowboys for that because that was his role. That's how he mm-hmm. earned his money. You know, Jason Witten was the receiver. We need you to go out there and block. And to his credit, that's exactly what he went out there and did. And he did it quite well. I give him all the credit in the world. I can never take that away from him. That boy went out there and did that better than Jason Witten, frankly. Now he happened to go out there and find, you know, become a pretty good receiver too. But um, I, I think I think the Saints will be fine. Breeze is a phenom. Breeze is a, they'll be fine. I'm not worried about I'm not worried about them at all. Um, but good pickup for the Seahawks. That could be very interesting to them. Yeah, maybe they can toughen them up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw, but when he got traded there, Bruce Irvin, little wild self, was talking about. I mean, that's cool and all that we got Jimmy, but I'm going to have to fade him when I see him for his comments, uh, I guess, in the playoffs or something. I don't know. Yeah. So already he's talking about <laughs> punching out Jimmy Graham as soon as he gets there. <laughs> yeah, bro. That's going to be funny. Yeah, that, that, yeah that, 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 it really is going to be funny. Um, but um, – and then who was the cornerback that left um, – the Maxwell that left uh, Seahawks yeah, yeah, yeah. is now with yeah. the Eagles, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Byron Maxwell. Byron Maxwell, yeah, yeah. Well, we won't know him for a while until he got whether he got overpaid or not. But uh, man, I I say he got overpaid. He got paid. He got paid. Yeah, and I, I'm a capitalist. He got paid. Go get your money. But I think he got overpaid. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe he got overpaid. He, he ain't worth that much money. Sorry. Um, all right. Um, all right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks, Tran. Um, hey, uh, I thought I missed it, bro. 
No, 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 no. That was good. Uh, we we actually missed that one. Uh, Case time. Okay. Any last comments or any topics that we missed? No, I think that uh, now that train caught the Jimmy Graham thing, we are good. And you know, just right. after the draft, I think we're all pretty excited about that and see where everyone goes. But if I'm a if I'm UT, um, I, I would say that I, I expect and would hope the Cowboys do invest in a running back in this upcoming draft because it is very deep. Um, I think um, I, I think with the fact that they went out and got Hardy and could potentially be spending a, a decent amount of money on him, um, unless uh, I, I, there just seems to be zero chance of an Adrian Peterson showing in Dallas this year. Um, Dallas can't afford him, and the Minnesota's not going to let him go. So, yeah. So, so with that said, um, I think they will draft a running back. I don't know that it'll be first round. It could be a second or third round, but I'm I'm certain they will draft a running back. I'm certain of it. Um, but you know, I really like what Dallas has done overall with the signings and the moves that they made, considering the cap challenges that they have. I really think that they've been very smart and very judicious with their signings. Um, you know, they come out and get, you know, a phenom like Greg Hardy and, and to make it so incentive-driven, I just think it was a great, great job. So, um, um, JV, any final thoughts or comments? Uh, did we talk about Julius Thomas going to the Jags and, and how Peyton's going to miss that target? I don't remember. Whoa, now that may be a target that Peyton will miss. Another target? Yeah, we did. Uh-oh. I, I I mentioned that he went to the Jags. We didn't talk about the fact that um, he's gone and uh, Wes Walker's currently uh, without a team right now, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, And, well, you know, what are your thoughts? Uh, Do do you think think Peyton's going to miss him? Oh, yeah. I, I really do because uh, you that's a big target. He was really a wide receiver just playing tight end. And um, he missed quite a few games last year, still managed to pull in 12 touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. So I think he's going to be missed. And we don't have the consistent run play, although they, they did over the latter half with, with uh, Anderson. Um, you still can't replace that kind of a guy. You don't have Wes Welker. Now you put all the – all the onus on, on Demarius Thomas to to lead the way from for the receiving core, and he needed Thomas. He needed uh, he needed Julius Thomas out there. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Broncos coming into 2015 with what they have for, for weapons at Peyton's disposal. I don't think Peyton realized that he was going to be losing Thomas when he decided that he was working his way back for a 2015 campaign. So this will be real interesting. And the reason why I brought all of that up was really to, as a microcosm, the fact that we only talked a little bit about Julius Thomas, we got all about uh, Graham going to the Seahawks, it really speaks to the amount of change that has taken place during this offseason. It, it's funny how you've got the NBA and you've got you know, some folks watch hockey, bless them, or power to them, but it's the NFL's offseason, yet they're still being front-page headlines no matter what. They're still the talk of the town. And that that's one brand that is never going to go away. It's just amazing to see how much activity is taking place, even though it's the off season. 
Well, I wouldn't say never go away. They're spending a lot of money to make this brand popular, but right now they're doing well with it. But, you know, it Just wasn't always where it is. Yeah. What's that? that? June June June. <laughs> but right now it's the number one yeah. sport in the country. Yeah. Um, right. Well, you know. Um, it's number one for a reason. Well, it is. And they, they spent a lot of money to get there, but let's see if they can keep it there. Um, you know, I, I had doubts for a little while with all this domestic violence stuff. Um, and all the, you know, all the negative press, but, um, I, I think the worst of that right now is behind. So let's see, let's see what happens. Um, here's a question for you, T, uh, who will miss their tight end more, Breeze or Manny? I'm going to go with Breeze. Mm. I'm going to go with Breeze simply because Manny's still got um, he's still got Thomas, and he's still got um, who's the other receiver that he's got that's not Sanders. bad? Sanders. Yes. Sanders. Um, Manny Sanders. Got, yeah. Yeah. Also signed Owen yeah. Daniels. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm going to say I'm going to say that 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 it'll be Breeze will miss, um, but I'm saying it now without knowing what the Saints' plan is. You know, because, you know, here, here's the other thing, you know, and I, I just found this list, but here's a list of veteran players that are still out there. We talked about Crabtree, Jake Long, who was a former number one pick, but he's injured. So, you know, may, may you know, we'll see how his uh, rehab goes on his knee, but he's out there, the tackle. Uh, just mentioned Dwight Freeney. He's without a team. Wes Welker mm-hmm. and Reggie Wayne. Could a Saints, could someone pick up a Reggie Wayne, see if he's got any tread left on his tire? Uh, Rolando McClain, we talked about. I think he's going to end up in Dallas. I think they're waiting on the price to come down, and then they're going to re-sign him. Greg Jennings is without a team. Mm. Um, Running back Stephen Ridley, without a team. Hakeem Nix is without a team. A couple of players that um, that, – Train knows about Lance Brigg and Peanut Tillman without a team. Man, and Michael Vick. <laughs> and Michael Vick is without a team. So, you know, but look at look at just look at receivers for a minute. You know, Wayne, Welker, Crabtree, you know, those guys should end up somewhere. Greg Jennings, Hakeem Nix, you know. I mean, that's a handful of decent receivers from a Hall of Famer like a like a Reggie Wayne to a pretty good role player like a hockey Nick. Um so let's see. You know, it's only believe it or not, we're only in the third week of free agency, so let's see what happens. Um we may have to <laughs> I'm gonna try to see. We might not be back till the draft, but if something big pops, if 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 something worth coming back on pops, let's see. 'Cause there's still a lot there's still a lot there's still a lot left to go to see what happens and that doesn't that doesn't eliminate the opportunity for trade to still take place. You know, drafts mm-hmm. come in, people are trying to move up and here, take this player and give me that pick and blah, blah, blah. So we're not done yet. <laughs> we're not done yet. So, um, all right, let me play this last Dwight Freeney clip because it, it, it's actually a pretty good one. So check this out. <laughs> all right. I got a question from the, from the audience here. Um, a guy that goes by the name of EAFL Train. Oh, actually, Train is going to join us. So he's going to ask you a question. It's a question I was going to ask, but we're going to let him ask. So um, on the line with us, from also from the EAFL, uh, we know him as Train. I think we got him here. 
Yep, Train, yeah, yeah. you are on yeah. with you are on with the one and only Dwight Freeney, and you have a question for Mr. Freeney. Yes, I do. How you doing, Dwight Freeney? I'm doing good. How you doing? Good. My question uh, is about the potential uh, change to 18 games per season versus 16. Just wanted to know how you felt about that. Well, um, to be honest with you, I don't like it. And that's just me being blunt about it. Just because, you know, you're used to doing certain things a certain way, okay? 16 games, you know, for that, and that was what it was. So I don't know when they changed it over to 16. But that's, I mean, all the records, all, everything is based on 16, 17. To turn to 18 games, I mean, just from a, you know, a statistical stat, you know, comparing generations, it becomes hard all of a sudden you say, okay, you got to compare from 18 to 16. Well, 18 is, you know, it's kind of like when you, back in the day when they had, you know, boxing was 15 rounds or 16 rounds, and, you know, now it's 12. It's kind of like, well, these guys didn't fight as long. And so from a generation to generation standpoint, but from a, from a perspective, from a player perspective, just in general, how it is on your body, 16 games, people don't realize your body is just, it's being put through so much trauma. It's really trauma is just happening all over. It's like every collision is like a minor car crash, right? So you're really just trying to listen. I'm just trying to make it through the season here, right? You add on two more games at the end of the season, it makes it even worse. You're going to have guys hurt in the playoffs, you know, and some guys can't even last the whole season. You know, that's 16 games. All right. EAFL train. <laughs> EAFL, EAFL train. All right, last clip. I'm not going to play the whole thing, um, but check this out. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. This is the inaugural edition of a check that music. Uh, welcome to the inaugural edition of EAFL Madden.com Radio. This is the commissioner, T, as I have known. And this is really just a dry run. I've, I've never used Blog Talk Radio before. So this is a, uh, a dry run to see how this is going to work out and uh, to kind of give it a shot. So we're going to see how it goes. We are expecting a special guest to be calling in any time now, the uh, – uh, prime time king, if you will, is supposed to be calling in any moment and joining us, uh, and and it should be fun. We're going to talk about Madden. We're going to talk about the league, and um, you know it, it should be a good time. So uh, we expect to get some emails from guys in the league, and uh, I, I think I think we're going to we're going to have a good time for the next uh, up to an hour. Uh, should be it should be okay. Let's let's see if this is prime time king. Prime time, is this you? What's up, T? Hey, there he is. We have live with us the primetime king, affectionately known as Vince, uh, first guest on the new live EAFL Madden.com radio show. And uh, hopefully there's guys out there in the league listening and, and enjoying the show. And, yep. uh, hey, uh, so, what you, you know, we used to call you, uh, uh, you know, Coach VC. We've called you. Uh, All right. I don't want to play the whole thing, but. <laughs> 
that's Vince. You know Vince, right? Uh, uh, K-Star? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> man. I know Train knows him, but Absolutely. that's um, he was he was fourteen. I think he was fourteen at the time, and long before his tournament days and all that stuff, he was an original member of the of the EAFL, and um, you know, so he was <laughs> funny that he was the very first guest. And as I described, EAFLMadden.com podcast. And so you got to hear a little little nostalgia nine years ago. Um, I, 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 I forgot that I actually did upload the show on here in case I ever wanted to play it again. So um, good stuff, good stuff. So, all right. Um, all right, listen, I think we're all set for tonight. I want to thank JB. I want to thank K-Star. I want to thank Dr. Train. It's been great to be back. Uh, kind of a, a little, just a little quick hit. Uh, we're still on our, our off-season schedule, but um, we will be back. I, I'm, at this point, I'm probably going to say not till the draft, unless something really um, pressing comes on and we really feel a need to come on. You know, I don't, I don't know, Tony Romo retires or uh, or something. I don't know, so <laughs> you know. Um, Something big happens out there, and um, we really need to come Bears on and talk Jay about Cutler. it. Yeah, you know, the Bears trade Jay Cutler, um, you know, or uh, something. Something big happens, you know. You probably sign Adrian Peterson, <laughs> um, you know. So, so something happens, you know. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, um, you know, decides that he he's, comes out of the closet and says he's really K-Star's gay lover. You know, uh, I mean, something. <laughs> yeah, that happens to come on the show together. Yeah, I want them both on together, you know. I want you both. Bring them on. There. That's all I care about. Hey, can you get Ben on the show? Damn, man, that's all I care about. I can care less about your sexual orientation. It's just get them on the uh, show, you know. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> all right. So, anyway, um, good way to end the show. Thanks, guys. We'll talk soon. And for everyone out there in, uh, in, in within earshot, remember, always listen to the Madden voice because all feuds are settled on the field. Good night, everybody. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.